As I prepared for this morning, I came to the realization that we uh, have come to a crossroads of three different things that are happening all at the same time over this weekend. The first being that we are continuing in our reading of the New Testament, reading five chapters a time, and we've made our way through almost to the end of Hebrews, uh, and how amazing that journey's been. We're also in the midst of a, a, a kind of a sub-sermon series called Count Me In, trying to look at all the different ways that we can be counted in uh, as uh, a child of God, but also doing the work that God has put before us. And it's All Saints Day. And so in trying to ponder all of these things and think about the, what, what, what could we be sharing today, I thought of, well, the purpose of the book of Hebrews. And I really think it is about living out the hope we have, right? And, and the, the author of Hebrews does that by pointing at those who have come before us, who have shared their faith in a way that has made it momentous in our lives so that we as well carry that legacy on. And I know for some of us, that's family that has done that. I know for others, it may not be the case. But no matter what, I think we all have people who have poured into our lives and helped us know what it means to be counted in to live by hope. And so a few of those people for me, number one is a fourth grade teacher. His name's Derwin Dressler. Now, Mr. Dressler came uh, into kind of our family and, and uh, a little bit of adopting my brother and I while my dad was overseas as a chaplain in the Air Force. And Mr. Dressler uh, was uh, just a, a really cool guy who loved science and, and did a lot with us. But one of the most memorable things that we did was to go fishing on Mr. Dressler's boat. And we went out into the middle of the Puget Sound in Tacoma, Washington, and we sat there. And we sat there, and nothing was biting. But Mr. Dresser says, well, you know what? You're not doing the fishy dance. You got you to you do the fishy dance. And so he taught us a little song, and we did a little shimmy. We sat back down, and guess what? We caught some fish, and it was amazing. Uh, but we got back to the shore, and, and Mr. Dressler, in that moment, says, you know what? Let's give thanks to God for what he's provided for us. And, and in that, he was giving us a glimpse of what it meant out to live by hope, to live out what it is that is kind of just forming you where you're at as having an identity of being a loved and forgiven child of God. And it may not be someone that's, that's close to you that has formed you and helped you know what it means to be counted in to live by hope. Another person for me is Fred Rogers, right? He took an innovative platform and he realized what it meant to help children love their neighbors in a very genuine and authentic way. And being a Presbyterian minister, he, he had this realization that it didn't matter what someone looked like 
or if they had a disability, or what their job was, we were called to love our neighbors. And he helped kids do that in very practical ways. And how amazing is it to have that legacy of what it means to love your neighbors, to live by hope. Well, that brings us into the book of Hebrews. And and why, why look at Hebrews through this lens? Well, I think from the very beginning of the book, the author of Hebrews points us into this idea that there is a story happening around us. It's a story of people from old that continues through the line of Jesse into Jesus, and it continues on through us, and how amazing it is to be a part of that story so that we can be counted in to live by hope. And he uses these words just even as he begins, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he created the world. See, there's a story and it's bigger bigger than the people who have gone before, and it's bigger than us and the people who will come after us. It's a story of redemption, of love and forgiveness. And one of the other verses that really catches me in the book of Hebrews is Hebrews 4.12. For the the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And I don't know about you, but I watched the show Forged in Fire, and they make swords in that show. And, and there is a, a real thing that happens when something is impacted by a double-edged sword, right? It, it does not come out looking the same that it did before. And so if we take that to heart, that means that uh, the Word of God speaks into our lives and it changes us in a way that we then have a story to share, and we share that by the way we live our lives, but also in the stories we share with the people around us. So it's this piece of legacy that we have as claiming an identity as a child of God, seeing those who have gone before us who have been impacted by the word and by the love and forgiveness that touches and reaches into our lives so that we can share that with the world around us. Last week, Pastor Goff had a a sermon that talked about faith, and Hebrews 11 is a chapter that talks about the the ancestors uh, of the Old Testament that walked by faith, and, and all of the amazing things that happened in their story because God was with them in a very real way, and that's our story as well. And then we hop to Hebrews 12, and we see that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. There are those who have gone before us to share their stories and to help us understand what it means to be loved and forgiven children of God so that we can share that story with a new generation, even in today's service as we rally around the waters of baptism. And so the author of Hebrews 
kind of brings things and wraps it around with this blessing. You see, he, he wants us all to know that, that our story isn't just about the people who have touched our, our lives and who have been in the past, but it's also, and more probably importantly, about the work of Jesus and what he's done for us. And so he closes with this benediction, with this blessing. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you for everything good that you may do his will, working in us, which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, there's a reality that in all of this, it all rotates around knowing who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Because those are the stories that are impactful for us, that give us a hope. And not just a hope for tomorrow, that Monday, but a hope for an everlasting life. And then there are the stories that we share of being a loved and forgiven child of God that make an impact on those who come after us because we all have people in our lives in some form or fashion who are looking to us as an example of what life is like. And so that's what this whole sermon series is about. Count me in. It's about looking at our lives and saying, yes, we are loved and forgiven children of God, and so what does that mean for us? And how are we going to respond to that? And so in the back, you're going to see all of the different cards. That blue card that's out there as a part of this series is all about those people in your lives that you're pouring into, that you're sharing this, the story with so that they can, you're living by hope and they can live by hope as well. And as we were gathering together and we were talking about what was to come uh, this week, uh, Celine Newman, our director of belonging, shared a, uh, a written, a spoken word piece with our staff. And as she shared it, I thought, oh, Celine, I'm going to ask you to come and share that with us. Come on up. But before you share that, I've got some questions for you. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. So as you think about all of this and you think about legacy and people who have lived by hope uh, in your life, who, who comes to mind for you? Yeah, there's none of us is alone, right? So there yeah. is a whole host of people. But um, specifically, uh, my, my grandmothers mm -hmm. on both sides, so Dorothy and Betsy, um, have really stood out as people for me who have taught me hope. Nice. Okay. And so how did, they, how did they live it out? How did they live by hope? Yeah, uh, life is messy. Uh, family is messy. And so there are people who have uh, shown me time and time again what it is to go to God in prayer uh, when we walked through family, through uh, divorce, and through deaths, and through just people who um, aren't following God anymore. They have always shown me and brought me uh, to prayer and said, you know, let's, let's pray about this and kind of showed me what that is to live into that hope and to turn to God yeah. in all those moments. So how is their legacy, how is their living it out by hope uh, impacting you and how are, how are you kind of passing that on? Yeah, uh, when I don't know what to do, I pray. Uh, when I'm excited, I pray. Uh, you know, it's, they've really taught me to, to really have that dialogue with God 
um, as well as to stay engaged. Um, as I said, family is messy, so um, what it is to show up again and to live into the forgiveness and to receive that, because part of prayer is just that conversation with God, and then you learn that these are real. Uh, these things we learn and teach about, they're real, and we live into them. So uh, I hope to continue doing that as they have showed me that. Awesome. It, a few weeks ago, we um, had an opportunity to have a creative retreat here where we just gave time, place, and space for Holy Spirit to work and, and gave some kind of guidance in, in how that process might work. And so as you did that, you came up with this spoken word piece. And so what, what were you inspired by in, in that time? Yeah, um, I've never really tried this before, but uh, so definitely the Holy Spirit uh, for sure. But the, um, I've always thought the Psalms would be a great place of inspiration for um, spoken word, a form of poetry where you get to, it's really about the inflection and just the pondering over different things. So uh, open to the Psalms, came across Psalm 90, uh, the beginning talks about how God uh, is before all things, and it's written by Moses, and it goes into then the messiness of this world and earthly life, but mentioning that, like, yeah, the Israelites learned, right, before all things, God was there, and so really kind of dove into that concept a little bit more. Awesome. Would you be willing to share it with us? Yeah. Yeah? Thank you. Him before all things. Before me, there was my parents, and before them, their parents. Before our country, territories, and before that, new undiscovered land, except by those that were there before. And before them, there were others, the ancients. And before them? Before this town, trees and rocks and soil, and before that, nothing except... I have read before that before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the world from eternity to eternity, you are God. Before that, there was him. His presence before all things, his laughter before all things, his warmth before all things, his beauty before all things, him before all things. Before him, all things. I stand before my parents in the continuation of their story. I stand before my ancestors, native and immigrant, in the indivisible mix of their actions, intentions, and dreams. I stand before my community with tasks in hand, heart, and mind. I stand before the mountains, the fields, the storms, and the sunlight. I stand before the great white throne and before the one seated on it, with the living and the dead, the great and the small. It is where we are. It is where I am laid bare before him, before the tribunal of Christ, with the, look, the book laid open before him, open, accounting to what I lived for. So what should I be for? Him before all things, before him all things, all things before him. The lives of the ancients, living and dead, that chose to be for him, those that came before teach us how to find the things that we are to be for. Be for, be for, be for. What is your heart beating for? The one who is before calls you to stand before him and to listen to the beat instilled in you to let you know what you are to be for. 
be for, be for, be for the lost, be for, be for, be for the hurting, be for, be for, be for the beauty, be for, be for, be for those placed before you to bring them before the one who is before all things. And in the presence of the before and the here and now, you will find laughter and warmth and beauty placed in you before you even took a breath. And in the presence of the before, you will know that because of the before, who is for you, because of the before, you are to be for him. Be for him now and always, because he will always be for you. Thank you, Celine. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you. As we think about what it means to be counted in to live by hope, we think about what's come before and what is before us as well.